Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. As I said, we're talking on the subject of prayer. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Andreas kicked us off. And last week, I spoke to you about the secret place of transformation. And for me, the real emphasis on this time and the season is that word, the secret place. In the secret place, when we lock ourselves away with God, transformation happens in our hearts, in our attitudes, in our thinking, which then results in transformation taking place as we live that out in our daily lives. Matthew 6, 6 says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And just a brief recap of some of the things we spoke about last week, because I want to use that as a as a springboard for what I want to share with you today. That the primary purpose of prayer, the primary purpose is intimacy with God. That's the primary purpose. Yes, transformation happens there. Yes, we bring our requests there. Our faith is developed, all of those things. But all of that happens in the context of intimacy. It's about relationship. And everything that I have to say today and last week revolves around that reality. God wants to share his heart with you openly. It's not just about us coming and giving our requests to God. It's about being able to hear what is on the heart of our father. Prayer is a private heart-to-heart conversation. Andrew Murray, I read this last week, said, God is an unseen God and hides himself to the carnal eye. As long as in our worship of God, we are chiefly occupied with our own thoughts and exercises, we will not meet him who is spirit, the unseen one. But to those who withdraw themselves from all that is of the world and people and wait for God alone, the father will will reveal himself. As we shut out the world and this and its life, surrendering ourselves to be led by Christ into God's presence, the light of Father's love will fall upon us. So the idea is that God is wanting to reveal himself and show us more of who he is, show us and teach us and bring us into everything that he has made available to us. John 5 verse 19 and the first bit of verse 20 says, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything that he is doing. That realization needs to settle down deep in our hearts that not only does God love you, but God longs to show you what it is that he is doing in your life and in your situation. That knowledge gives us confidence, gives us grace, gives us stability, uh, gives us the ability to withstand all kinds of things that come at us because we know what God is up to in our hearts and in our situation. And we spoke at length last week about the vine, John chapter 15, about being grafted into the vine, that Jesus is the vine. We are the branches that have been grafted into his life. And everything that is now within the vine of Jesus, we have access to through the life-giving relationship that we have in having been grafted into him. And in that in that portion of scripture, Jesus talks about intimacy with God. He talks about connectedness. And then he goes on to speak about fruitfulness. 
every branch that abides in me will produce fruit. And the real context of what he's talking about there is fruit in prayer. That our times of prayer will be fruitful to bring about the fruit of character development, the fruit of answers, the, the fruit of kingdom advancement and change in our situation and in the world around us. It is intended for fruitfulness. Prayers that don't produce any fruit are pointless. All of us want to be able to pray prayers that bring about change, don't we? Change in our hearts, change in the circumstances of other people's lives who we see need help and grace. They, 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 prayer, if it's not that, if it's not producing change in us, developing our relationship with God and, and, and shifting things is a fruitless exercise, isn't it? There has to be something in it uh, and, and a reason for it. Otherwise, it's just religious, religious acts. I shared with you last week that some of my greatest frustrations in the area of prayer as I've grown and as I've journeyed with God is when I'm trying to convince God of what I think needs to be done. And I'm trying to convince God and beg God and plead God to do this and that and the next thing. And I've learned that God just doesn't respond to that because there's no life and there's no power in my own reasoning. Life and power are not found in my good ideas or my way of thinking what should be done or what I may, may or may not need. God responds when our hearts pray his word, his will with full trust and full assurance. So the greatest power of prayer is that through it, we can receive and know the heart and mind of God. And he invites us into this intimate relationship through which he shares himself with us so that we can partake of him and cause the life that he is to be developed in us and to begin to spill out over us. This week, I want to talk to you a little bit about that, how that relationship with God causes us to have great boldness and confidence with him. Now, in starting this, I'm actually going to be drawing from a couple of people today. You guys are going to be blessed because you're not just hearing from me. I've, had, I've been wor worshiping alongside Nicole for many, many years now. I don't know how many years. It's more than 10. That's for sure. I think it's about 14 years now. Nicole and I have been worshiping together in the worship team. And I've come to learn something significant about Nicole. And I know this to be true because it hasn't happened once or twice. But there's something in Nicole's heart when she comes to the place of prayer, when, when, the, when the spirit of God is moving. Time and time again, I've heard Nicole pray prayers that completely shift the atmosphere of the, of the entire of the place of the room that we are in. Why does that happen? I've come to learn and see that when Nicole prays, Nicole prays, has learned to pray from a place of deep intimacy and a place of deep vulnerability. And I want to ask, I spoke to Nicole this week. I said, Nicole, we're talking about prayer. Would you mind sharing with us on Sunday? Because she shared her testimony a few weeks ago at the Bible study. Share with us on Sunday some of the things that you've learned in the area of prayer. Have a little bit of a testimony. Uh, what are the things that have established your heart in this area of prayer when you come to God and when you pray to God? Because I've seen something special there, something unique and something very beautiful. So, Nicole, I've asked her to just spend five minutes or so just sharing with us her heart attitude when she comes into the Father's presence. Hi, everybody. Um, thanks, Mark. Um, so, in sharing, obviously, I, I don't see myself as an expert on prayer, sharing with everybody. But um, yeah, like Mike said, I'm, I'm just going to share from my own experiences and what, um, from my own experience. So when I think back to 
when I started with my work with God and started praying and seeking God, I can, how I pray today, and it all came from what we learned things. But if I can try and hone in on the biggest impact, um, I think one of the biggest is the revelation in, in Psalm 51. I love reading Psalms. I love reading Proverbs. Um, but in Psalm 51, um, it's David is, you know, he's, everyone knows he's also sin with Bathsheba. And um, then in verse 6, he says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. And then in verse 17, he says, The sacrifices of God are a broken a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And I love those verses. I, I love this song. I, I love it that God loves a contrite and a, a contriveness into your heart. I mean, how amazing is that? And that was a revelation to me that I don't have to hide anything. And I can't hide anything. If you come to God and you praying, you're going to try to hide your thoughts and you know them. You knew them already before you started praying. So um, it's, it's quite a freedom. It's a, it's a liberating thing if you just learn to trust that God, he knows you and he loves you. And, and that helped me to pray and to seek God and, and know that even if I'm thinking something awful, he's going to help me to change my thoughts is going to help me to see things the way he sees it. And I've learned to trust God in that because I've, I've come out in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 5. I love those verses. I lay out the things of my life this morning. And I, and I pray. Thank you.
in something to hold on to and to seek after with everything because if we're going to leave this earth wearing the same suit we arrived in, you can't take anything else with you. But that presence of God, you know, you can hold on to that and that, that is that you're going to have forever. So, um, those are just some short things. I think I could spend all day talking about my experiences in prayer and my, um, and that, but I, I think I've just given, given a short summary. That's all I have now. Thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate you sharing. Um, uh, it's always hard to share the vulnerable things of your heart when you, you know, when called upon to do so. But I think Nicole hit on a, a few really honest and really true things there. God knows your heart. You can't hide from him. Uh, the problem is we don't know his heart. And that's, that's one of the beautiful things of prayer, that we come to get to open our hearts and we allow God to read what's written there and make whatever amendments he wants to to proofread, to, to, to correct and scratch out and tear this page out. This is, this is rubbish. Uh, and, and give us some new material to put in, into the pages of our heart. Um, so Nicole, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And I'm gonna, we're going to be touching on those aspects a little bit later on in my message as well. The real thrust of the message that I want to share with you this morning, if you want to give it a title, we're still talking about um, the secret place um, of transformation. But today I want to talk to you about prayers that get answers. And I've had a really good week meditating on this. And today we are going to swing a pendulum. We are going to go from one extreme to another. I'm going to be a little controversial on both ends. And then we're going to find the truth of God in the middle. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 4. Uh, we're going to read verses 2 to 3. And we're going to start reading yeah, from verse 2 in the New Living Translation. James chapter 4 verses 2 to 3. Because uh, I've got some interesting things to, to share with you on this. We've been talking about intimacy with God, having the heart of God, praying prayers to God. And we are uh, we see that Nick and Marilyn and Lorraine have all uh, left us. I see they are clearly being hit with the lurching. So James chapter four says this. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, there's three points in the scripture that that I think are really important highlighting. James is talking about prayer. He's talking about our condition of heart, really. And the first thing he says is you want, but you don't have what you want. In other words, there's this desire in us that burns for that which we don't have. Uh, it's, it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And uh, I think the millennial age is so prone to that because we're, we're so connected to everything that's going on around us all the time. We're always seeing what's going on around us. And so our attention is always jerked and our desires are always played up for that which you know we don't have. The second thing is, that he says in this point, you don't have because you don't ask. I really like that. The reason you are have not got what you want is because you're not asking for it. And so he ushers in this idea that what we want can be received if we simply ask God. But then he throws in the curveball. And the curveball is this. 
and you and when you ask you don't receive because you, you you your motives are all wrong you see when our when our desire for pleasure exceeds our desire for god pleasure has become our god and the, god then becomes a means through which we can fulfill our own selfish desires he's the genie that we will come to the lamp and we rub it and the genie comes out and go oh i wish for this god will you please give me that and my heart is not focused on drawing to him drawing life from him getting to know him my heart is focused on that and so i am saying god can you help me get there can you help me receive this so that i can have what i want can you further my career can you give me that person's love can you you understand and so the heart motive is not intimacy with him which results in prayer that comes from the heart of god but the heart motive is personal pleasure and the problem with personal pleasure is that it causes us to compromise our very values it causes us to compromise the things that 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 we say we hold dear now we've spoken about the fact that god desires for us to bear fruit in the area of prayer he wants us to pray prayers that gets answered but it's quite clear listening to what james says that we're not going to have our prayers answered if our motives are not right in the area of prayer listen to what the apostle john says in his epistle john first john chapter 5 verses 14 to 15. i'm reading from the new king james version and he says now this is the confidence that we have in him in other words in christ as believers we have this bold confidence that if we ask anything according to his will or in other words anything that pleases him he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him asked of him so there's this bold assurance that the, the apostle gives us and he says that if we ask anything that is according to his will we will have the answer to our prayer so there's two there's two things here that run parallel the first one is according to his will we can only have assurance in our in prayer absolute faith absolute trust that our prayer will be answered if we know that our prayer is according to the will of god but on the other side he says whatever you ask if you know that it's in his will you know that you have the petition that you have asked for so there's this will of god and this the other thing that runs parallel to this is confidence confidence in receiving from god because i know that i know the prayer that i'm praying is in line with his will how do i know that because it's in the word of god because the spirit has made that word life and light to me because god has revealed his heart to me on that particular area whatever it may be but there's an assurance that comes from knowing that we've heard from god and praying in accordance this really should give us such boldness not arrogance but boldness in the presence of god you see when we know that we prayed in accordance with his will we know that that prayer will produce fruit and isn't that the point listen to the what jesus says this is the way jesus says it matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 8. jesus gives this invitation while he's preaching and he says ask and it will be given to you it's very interesting if you go back to the root english word there will be given really means will be given <laughs> it's it there's no there's no hocus pocus in that there's no hidden meaning 
There's not something in the context that we don't understand. This is as plain and simple as Jesus could make it. And in order to emphasize the point, because clearly this can't be so, Jesus says the same thing three times in three different ways. Stephen spoke to us a little while ago about the word of God and the Hebrew way of thinking that the word of God is like a, a diamond that has facets. And as you turn it, you see now Jesus is doing the same thing with this promise here. He's saying it in different ways to convey the same message for the sake of emphasis. Ask and it will be given to you. Not might, will be. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Does that not give you confidence? Does that, can that be so? Is that not too good to be true? Well, let me ask you, is that your experience? And if it's not your experience, did Jesus really mean what he said? This is the way the Message Bible puts it. Don't bargain with God. In other words, try and, okay, Lord, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. Try and make a deal with God. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. I really like that. It's not like well, I'm cat and mouse trying to convince God, trying to Let's just be clear. Come out and say it. You know, Nicole already showed us this morning how God already knows what's in your heart. You might as well just say it out and speak it out loud and allow that truth to be come and brought out into the open. I'm currently working through a book uh, with my wife, which we're really enjoying. It's, it's called this Together with Christ in the School of Prayer. That's what it looks like. It's by Andrew Murray. And when we started off this series, I thought that'd be a really good book to go through to kind of, you know, keep, keep studying and grow and learn on the subject ourselves. And he has this beautiful quotation that I'd like to read to you. He says this, you're talking about prayer and having boldness and expecting answers from God. He says, if no answer comes, we are not to sit down in resignation and suppose that it is not God's will to give us an answer. There must be something in the prayer that is not as God would have it. We must seek for guidance to pray so that the answer will come. It is far easier for the flesh to submit without the answer than to yield itself to being searched and purified by the spirit until it has learned to pray the prayer of faith. Isn't that beautiful? I want to read that again because that speaks about what Nicole was telling us right at the beginning about being open and vulnerable before God. Andrew Murray says it is far easier for the flesh to submit without the answer. In other words, just to give up. Ah, God didn't answer that prayer. Then it is to yield itself to being searched and purified by the spirit until it has learned to pray the prayer of faith. One of the terrible marks of the diseased state of Christian life these days is that there are so many who are content without the distinct experience of answer to prayer. Wow, isn't that incredible? We are not to be content with the experience of unanswered prayer. This should really waken us up. This should excite us. This should convict us to say, God really wants to engage with me in prayer and to have me engage with him in prayer, putting forth requests that we know that I know come from his heart so that they can be answered. God wants us to have this experience in our lives and God wants to teach us how to pray. Now, this takes place within the context of a loving father child relationship. Again, Nicole alluded to it right at the beginning. We're his children. He's our father. 
and he loves us as we are. God knows our needs, just like I know the needs of my children. I know their wants, but I also know their needs, and they're not the same thing. Matthew says it this way, Matthew 7, 11 to 9. Remember, we started with saying, whoever seeks, finds, whoever knocks, the door shall be opened. Whoever asks will receive. After that, Jesus goes on and he gives, to add emphasis to it, to say, I'm not kidding about this. He gives this analogy, Matthew 7, 9 to 11. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God the Father is waiting for us as his children to ask him. It doesn't say how much more will your father give good gifts to those who confess Christ, to those who do good. To the, he says to those who ask him. So there is an imperative on the question. There is an imperative of coming to God and saying, this is what I desire. In other words, the ball is in my court. It's not in God's court. I'm not waiting on God to do. God is waiting on me to say, Father, this is what I desire. To bring my requests to him, my needs, my desires, the whole lot. And to ask him to have the conversation. And I think that's the key point. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. It's about having the conversation. You see, the secret to answer prayer is found in our childlike heart attitude before the Father. Matthew 19, verse 14, the disciples bring some children, or the children want to come to Jesus, and parents bring their children because they want Jesus to, to, to lay his hands on them and bless them. And the disciples stop the children saying, no, 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 the master is ministering here. He's, he's de this is dealing with grown-up things here, in, in other words. To which Jesus responds in Matthew 19, 14, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. In other words, the kingdom of heaven, the experience of God's presence working in us and through us belongs to those who will come to God like these children came to Jesus with childlike expectation. It's for those who position themselves in wonder and dependence upon God. Those are the ones who will ask. Those are the kids are not shy to ask. <laughs> That's one thing I've learned. Kids are not shy to ask. If you have a box of donuts, as grown-ups will look and go, she's that guy's got a whole box of donuts. Oh, I'd like a donut as well. Babe, maybe we should go buy the what's the Krispy Kreme on the way home and get some donuts. Right? But kids don't think that way. They think that guy's got donuts. He's got a whole box of donuts. I want a donut. One plus one equals. Can I please have a donut? Right? You see, our way of thinking says, okay, that's what I want. I'm going to try and get there on my own. I'm going to find a way that I can have a donut. But a child doesn't think that way. A child just sees you got donuts. Can I have one? Folks, God has all the donuts. And God wants to share them with you. All he wants is for you to come to the table and say, Lord, can I please have a donut? Very simple analogy, but it's true and it works. You see, there's two parts to this prayer, this thing called prayer. There's two parts to fruitfulness in prayer. And there's two parts to this father-son or the father-daughter, this father-child relationship in prayer. The first one is the part of the child, which 
is the part of asking and the part of receiving. But the divine part to this whole interaction, which is God's part, is the giving. God is the God who gives. Because giving is the expression of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son. And God has continued to give. He is the source of all life. If God did not give life, we would not be here. If God did not send the rain, we would not be wet. If God sustains life. He is the source and the sustainer of it. And so there's this, this, this side of giving which belongs to God. But our part is the asking and the receiving. Again, the words of Jesus says this, Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's the asking and there's the receiving, which is our part. That is our part to play. And we don't see Jesus putting conditions or provisos on this. You know, let me ask you a question. Jesus gives this instruction on faith, Mark 11, 22 to 24, in response to a question that the disciples asked him. You see, Jesus was walking along and he went to a fig tree because he felt like a fig. And the fig tree had no fruit. So Jesus cursed the fig tree. The next morning, the disciples see that the fig tree's died and it's withering from the roots up. And they say to Jesus, did you see this? And then he teaches them about faith. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus stop and say, Father, is it your will that I curse this fig tree? God, would you have me? You know, there was no such interaction. Jesus understood the power of faith. He went out. He made a decision. He made a proclamation. And that tree withered up from the roots. He didn't ask, is this in your will? Jesus just said it. Oh, Michael, you're swinging the pendulum all the way to the other side now. Yes, this is where we're going. And then we're going to meet ourselves once again in the middle. We've discussed the right context to prayer, that a prayer needs to be prayed in harmony and in relationship with the will of God. It needs to be prayed in intimacy with God. But I want to share with you what was really impressed on my heart this week. When Jesus teaches on prayer, he gives no provisos. Now, John says you've got to pray with, to the will of God. James says your prayers are not being answered because they're not in line with the will of God. Every time Jesus makes a statement on prayer, he doesn't include a list of preconditions. I want you to notice this because I think it's very, very interesting. And I'm going to share with you why I think he does that. We just read Mark 11, 24. Whatever things you ask when you pray, the, the original of that is whatever you desire. Whatever. He doesn't say as long as it's in the word of God, as long as it's pure, as long as it's not selfish. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. That's the words of Jesus. The only proviso he makes after that is to say, you better forgive those who, who like your father in heaven has forgiven you. Because if you do not forgive, your father will not forgive you. That's the proviso Jesus makes there. He talks about love, the heart of love. But he, he doesn't put a limitation on what to ask for. Again, Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And, oh, we just read that one. Sorry. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 to 8 again. Uh, ask and it will be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. That's what Jesus says. He goes on to say, your, 
father in heaven loves you like a natural father loves a child. And if a natural father how, knows how to give good gifts to children, how much more will your father give good gifts to those who love him? I don't just give my children what they need. I also give them things that I know will bless them. This morning, my heart was filled with joy because last week I went out. My wife said, our kids are growing out of there. They need some long shirts. And I happened to walk into a sale at Mr. Price. And I found sparkly jersey for Leah and a sparkly dress for Liliana. I've got girls. Things that sparkle are sold. I'm the best dad in the world. And I've got great joy this morning with my girls. The clothes are now washed clean out of the laundry. And so they got to wear their sparkly things this morning. And they were parading up and down, walking up and down, feeling like a million bucks because now they're in their sparkles. That's not, they didn't need sparkles. But I love them and I know they love sparkles and I see what sparkles does to them. Puts a sparkle in my eye. And so the point is this. God says, I love you. I want to bless you. Uh, and Jesus doesn't kind of put any precondition. He doesn't say, whatever you ask, if it's God's will, or as long as you're not asking selfishly. And here's why I believe Jesus does that. Jesus puts this out there. And he says, pray. Ask for whatever you want. And, and I believe that what Jesus is really wanting us to do there is he is calling us into a childlike asking so that we can hear what is on the Father's heart. Jesus, through that instruction, invites us into the conversation with God. You see, not every answer of God is going to be yes. Sometimes the answer is going to be no. Sometimes the answer could be, that is not for you. That is a special blessing that I'm giving to them. That's not for you. That's me wanting to bless them. The answer could be, you're not ready for that. You can't handle that yet. The answer could be you first need to demonstrate more faithfulness in stewardship in this area of your life before I can add that to you. The answer could be you need to reach a certain level of maturity before you can enter into that. The answer could be, well, if you want that, this is the seed you're going to need to sow. Or this is the act of obedience that I want to see that will usher in the answer to that prayer. You see, the prayer could be any, the response could be any number of of things. It could be anything. But God assures us of a response. And so Jesus says, whatever you desire, come and ask. Come, come ask. You don't know what the answer is going to be, but engage in the conversation. Because through the conversation, how do we know that we're asking or we're not asking according to the will of God? In the conversation, God will reveal it. I mean, there are some things that we know are not the will of God. I cannot ask God to murder so-and-so because he did this to me. That's, that's foolishness. We're talking about a child and a father relationship here. But through the process of asking, I have the conversation with God that brings about the change. Here's the point. Jesus didn't include any preconditions or provisos because he didn't want us to restrict or inhibit him up front by the limitations of our own thinking. You see, what happens is this. We have our own thinking. Say, okay, well, these sorts of things, this category of things we can ask for because we know that's in the word of God. These we can't ask for because that's being presumptuous and arrogant. Too often I hear people saying, you can't ask God for that. You can't pray for that. Why not? Oh, because it's selfishly motivated or because of this reason or because of that reason. Jesus says, don't come up with your own reasons why I can't answer, you pray answer your prayers. Don't make me fight you to bless you. Don't put limitations on what I can do before you've even asked. Don't let your own thinking be the barrier and the limitation to what I can do 
in and through your life. Let me ask you this. Does God not care about your desires too? Now, I've asked Pastor Andreas. I've also asked him to share some things with you this morning. Because I know that in his journey of faith and in his life, there were some things that he was asking God for that seemed downright arrogant. That How do you know that's the will of God? And I thought, best thing, let me ask Pastor Andreas to share a couple of those examples that, he, that he's thinking of. How people and how we limit God right up front because we don't just come and ask, but we set preconditions in place first. Pastor Andreas? Thank you, Michael. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Some of the things that uh, I have asked the Lord for, my wife and I, uh, many people would find it offensive. How could you ask God to give you a son? What if he wants to give you a daughter, another one? Why would you ask God? That's very arrogant. You can't tell God what to give you. You should accept whatever he gives you. But you see, my prayer, our prayer with my wife was based on understanding the nature of God and the loving kindness of our Heavenly Father. You see, this is the key to answered prayer. When you know that God is a good God, when you know that God is a loving Father, and He delights in giving and blessing His children, you receive boldness to ask whatever you will. So there was a time when we asked God to bless us with a son many years ago. Stephen is a product of prayer. And I recall <laughs> I, I had a, a, a tough discussion with my in-laws because they believed that was blasphemy. Well, the reason they believed that was because of a lack of knowledge. That's why I say when you know God as a loving father, you are emboldened uh, to pray and ask for things that other people would consider selfish or arrogant. Another example, for instance, is the, the, the very building that we have in Pinelands. This was the result of me asking God to bless us with one of the finest buildings. And not only that, but to be able to put up the building without borrowing any money. Now, the handful of people that with me at that time, they thought this was very arrogant. I recall one of them said, why don't you ask God to give you a little room for us to meet in? Why do you have to ask God to give you this spacious building that's going to cost us one comma 200,000, 1,200,000 at that time. And we're speaking in the year 90, 1993, 1994. There was a lot, it was like 20 million today. They said that's arrogance. And they didn't, they didn't take, they didn't receive it very well. But yet God answered my prayer. Because I knew that God delights in giving the very best to his children. And when I asked, I didn't ask on the basis of, of my own righteousness because I was any better than anybody else. No, the basis of my asking was that I knew God intimately 
as a loving father who delights to give to his children not only our needs but also our desires and so that's how i have come to know god and and michael spoke last week about intimacy with god the deeper your knowledge of god as a loving father the greater your boldness to ask for things that others would hesitate to ask or are afraid to ask another example that i can give you was that <clears throat> there was a time that uh, my wife was driving that an old car 16 years of age and i just wanted to bless her with something that i knew she liked and i wanted to give her the best and i knew what she wanted and so i asked god and in the in the conversation with god because i knew how god works in order to receive a harvest you have to plant a seed so in that's why michael also said about we converse with god we fellowship we talk to him he talks to us and i said lord i want to bless my wife with a beautiful car and i don't want to go and borrow money for it i wanted to to be able to buy it and pay cash for it and in my conversation with the lord the spirit whispered to my heart and he gave me uh, an amount of money that i needed to give to someone or to sow as uh, into to receive a harvest so i did and within a couple of months time i my wife and i walked into the mercedes dealer and i bought her the car that she that she still enjoys driving today after 12 years now some people some people would find it very offensive to ask god for that but i never i never thought it that way i, I just i just uh know god as one who loves to bless his children and give generously not just stingy and the way you view god the way you know god will determine what you receive from him if you see him as someone who's stingy or as someone who's hard to please then you don't have the confidence to ask and receive from him but if you see god as a loving father who delights in blessing his children not because they are good but because he is good not because you're better than others but because he is altogether loving and kind and generous and merciful you see some people think that god owes them something because they follow certain religious rules or certain dues i pray two hours today therefore god owes me i gave my tithe today therefore god owes me no 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 it doesn't work that way god loves to bless his children because of who he is and not because of what we do or don't do or who we are and and that's how i have i have learned to to walk with god and to know him as a loving father i don't have a problem asking and i won't share some of the things that i've asked god and he blessed me because if i do you might get offended with me but <laughs> so i'll just rather stop at that thank you michael thank you dad thank you for sharing so, so folks, here's here's the point. I'm I'm going to close close now, but here's the point. I really want to get home. Yes, we understand because the pendulum has swung from 
you can't ask for everything from God because, you know, it has to be within his will and you have to be in right relationship with him all the way to you can ask whatever you want. And no matter what you ask for, God will give you. I want to bring this to center and I want to I want to settle this. Because I want I believe God wants us to have great boldness, great boldness in prayer, great boldness in faith. I believe the times and seasons we're coming into are going to require great boldness in prayer and great boldness in faith. But I want to, the, the, the point that I want to drive home to you this morning is this. The thing that really struck me this week, when Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, he puts no provisos on it. When Jesus says, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. He doesn't put any provisos on that. Why not? Because Jesus wants to invite us into that conversation of asking, into that intimate place as children of God, where we bring our desires, our requests, our needs before him, looking to him. We say, Father, would you meet these needs? How would you have me cooperate you in meeting these needs? So that out of and through that relationship, our minds, our hearts become transformed. We have great boldness in asking. And I want to say this to you, the more the more answers you get to your prayer, the greater boldness you have in praying. The problem and the struggle many of us have is that we pray prayers from our minds. We pray things we think God would might want us to do, but our hearts aren't even in it and we don't even expect an answer. And that's a travesty. That's a travesty. No father's heart is pleased with that. You see, transformed lives and circumstances begin in a transformed prayer life. To ask, to seek, and to knock. The Father has so much he wants to share with you. And if you want to see transformation in your life, if you want to see yourself come to greater levels, and I'm not talking about selfish ambition, but greater levels of blessing, greater levels of anointing, greater levels of influence, all of that begins in the area of prayer. We can learn from those around us, from Nicole, who has taught us this morning how God loves a heart that is honest and sincere and true before him. And that is willing to be vulnerable to let God sift through it and sort out the mess. We've learned from Pastor Andreas, who has, has gathered an understanding of the benevolence and the father heart of God, which gives us given him great boldness to ask not just for what he needs, but even for his desires. And that as a loving father, God has blessed and met those needs and desires out of his goodness and out of his wonderful provision. We learned from the, this morning from the words of Jesus, who asked boldly of the Father, and the Father held nothing back from him, who brought us into relationship with the Father and has encouraged us to ask from the Father. And finally, folks, we learn from the Holy Spirit as we engage with God in sincerity of heart. He begins to lead us as we pray, to coach us and to guide us, to bring the word of God to remembrance, to help us sift through the desires of our hearts so that our prayers may be in line with the will of God, but may also be bold and ambitious so that we can see the power of God displayed in and through our lives. Paul said, I didn't come to you with eloquence of speech and fancy words, but I came to you with power and a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. All of that comes from a life of intimate prayer connection with God boldness in the presence of God. And my purpose and the point that I want to make this morning is to encourage you, to nudge you, to push you, to, to, to excite you, to boldly ask of God. Because Jesus said, he who asks receives, he who seeks will find, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen.
Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.